Do you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? If so, listen up. In this episode, Sarah Hainsworth shares how a simple daily practice helped overcome her imposter syndrome. She shares some creative gift ideas for clients and realtors and how getting really clear on this one thing helped her be able to do the tough stuff that's in the business. This is really about your mortgage business, but it's also about the mindset required in order to be successful. Sarah's a mortgage broker based out of Edmonton, Alberta. Our company's called Emerald Mortgages, and I absolutely love my conversation with Sarah, and I think you're going to love it too, especially if you have ever felt that way, and I know I have, and it's a pretty normal thing. At the end, I'm actually going to give you a simple four-part framework that I have learned this whole imposter syndrome or how to transform yourself. And before I get into that, though, my name is Scott Packford. I'm the founder of I Love Mortgage Brokering, and this is the I Love Mortgage Brokering podcast. It's for mortgage brokers, by mortgage brokers, and I hope you can enjoy this episode. Before I jump into it, I'm going to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform designed specifically for Canadian borrowers. It's really easy to use. It's got smart docs. It understands what documents clients need based on when they fill out the app. It's connected to the Lender Spotlight, which has 8,000 plus lender guidelines and rates you can search at the tip of a finger and figure out what's going on and they update it all the time. I think you'd really like them. Check them out at lendescom slash Finmo and check out this conversation with Sarah. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. So tell me a little bit about yourself and if somebody doesn't know who you are and how you got into the mortgage biz. So I started my journey in mortgages almost by fluke when I hired a career counselor who pointed me in this direction. And then obviously Bricks was the first brokerage that I've ever worked for or worked with. Mm -hmm. And when I signed up, well, you know, we weren't even a brokerage at that time. No. And so, no, you were just going to train us up and send us on our way. And I liked it so much. I stuck around. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's been awesome. And when you signed up too, I don't even know we were in Alberta, but not for very long because you're in Alberta and we had just gone there. And so what did you do before you got in mortgages? What was your career path before this? Oil and gas. Right. So yeah, we were family that pipelined and that was how we made our money. And so what's been the most challenging part for you in building your mortgage business? Oh, honestly, like the first little bit was really tough trying to convince people to do a mortgage with me when I'd never done one. That was hard. Right. But thankfully, there was all the support in the background. So I was able to get the deals on my desk and then work through them with somebody who actually had more experience. So that was nice. Yeah. And now you've done quite a few mortgages. And so it's a lot easier for you. But where did your initial business come from? Where did you find the most success in getting your business going? Oh, even still realtors, making those relationships with realtors. Those first deals came from them. And then those turned into more deals. And I remember when my first deal turned into three other ones. Tell me about that. Walk me through that. What happened there? Okay. Well, a realtor introduced me to these clients. It was my very first deal. And I closed the deal. They were super grateful, super happy. And then she introduced me to her best friend. And then I closed on that one. And then she also introduced me to her parents and I closed on that one. So. Right. Yeah. It's amazing how you've got to put something in to get something out. Right. And so what was it about your experience that you created for them? Why do you think they referred you? I mean, you could be like, well, I'm pretty awesome. (laughs) Well, I am awesome. Well, yeah, like that. What specifically do you think stood out to them? What made them go, I want to refer more people? They may not have known it, but you were actually new. And so like... Well, I think it's just because like I genuinely care about people and their well-being and I want to help. And then I also feel like my client gifts are really good. Yeah. (laughs) So that's helpful. (laughs) Give me an example. What do you do for client gifts? Well, I actually have one behind me, so you can probably see it. 
I'll describe it though for anyone that can't see, they're signs. So I have a friend that makes me these signs that are super personal to each one of the clients. So I actually just did one for an optometrist. And you know, like when you go get your eyes checked and you have to read down the... Yeah, like E, B, C, D, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that, but we wrote like no place like home. Mm. And so that was their client gift, which I think it was great. Anyways. I love that. And so what other kind of things have you done creatively? Like, so if I'm like one of your clients, what else would you put on the sign? Because I can see your sign. It says Emerald Mortgages, but it obviously doesn't say that because that would be like weird right no i try to think of other things that i've oh i had um i did a mortgage for one of my realtor partners who's actually or was an mma fighter Mm -hmm. and so he's got a little girl and we did a big fist and then a little fist and then we wrote his name in it it was really special for him (laughs) i love that idea that like high touch idea but how do you get this intel to know this stuff or like where in the process are you collecting it And then are you just saving it in your head? What are you doing with that? That's why I feel like I really become friends with my clients because I literally do care about them. And so naturally I learn about them. (laughs) Right. Okay. So in the conversations, but then do you write this down or do you just know, like, is this just something you keep track of? Well, I don't write it down. No, I just try to think of things like when I'm coming up with the ideas, I have a spreadsheet that I send out to my friend. Then I obviously, I just sit there and kind of think about things. Right. You're like, okay, so this was an MMA. He's got a daughter. I'll make this for the optometrist. I'll make something like oh, that. Yeah. So you basically have this spreadsheet. My friend yeah. that does it, she's so creative. I just want to show you what I sent her and how she came up with the fist. Um, yeah, I'd love to see it. It's super funny how she can take my idea and just kind of run with it. Right. So you come up with a text idea and then she'll make the images from it yes okay so this is what i sent her yeah okay yeah yeah okay so and then this is what she made right oh that's cute so that's actually like a wooden carved sign yeah so she got a laser printer and so she does all sorts of things with lasers right which is pretty cool yeah do you have one of the optometrist i do i'll show you this one though because this person bought a farm right and so that was pretty cool the optometrist one is here. You can see no place like home. Right. And right now I'm currently yeah. working on Christmas gifts for my realtors because I haven't done that yet. But what I've yeah. put out for her is steering wheel, because we're always working in our vehicles. I know I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of those yeah. steering wheel things so you can have your laptop on it. Oh, I've never, uh, yeah, that's a great idea for them to use mm-hmm. when they're out running around or whatever. They got to yeah. put a deal together. I should get that from my brother. He's a realtor in Calgary. Yeah, I will. I'll get him one. Yeah. Corey, he right? Would, uh, yeah. Yeah, Corey. Yeah, he, I think that's a great idea. So a steering wheel, like laptop holder. Yeah, I and mean, it's branded to not me, which is nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the point too. Like the best thing is to give them something they're actually going to want versus if it's got your branding on it, it's sort of like, yeah, that's nice. But like, you know. Yeah, but by default, if it's special to them, they're going to think of me anyways. Right. And it works. So is there mm-hmm. anything else that you found that's been helpful for you in terms of like generating referrals or getting repeat clients? I think honestly, it's just actually caring about my clients and having that personal relationship with them. Okay. So and how many realtors would you say right now you're partnered with? Do you know? Well, I know how many I market to and how many that I've met with, but not all of them are sending me all their business. No, that's normal. The market side list will be big and then the people you meet will be a bit smaller and then the number of people that you actually work with will be a subset of that number, right? Yeah. So I would say out of the 85 that I market to, 10 probably send me all of their business. Right. That's all you really need to change your life, like to change your... You know, okay, so let me ask you this. So you'd got into the mortgage business, you left behind a pretty good career. Yes. When did you realize, okay, this is actually like, I got this. Do you remember? 
Well, I think it was when I felt like I didn't have to ask questions anymore. Right. You know, like I could kind of just figure it out myself. And then I also felt like there were moments where I thought I wasn't going to be okay. And I'm like thinking in my mind, okay, how many deals can I have on my desk at one time? Mm. And then when I think I had one month, I close, I think seven or six. And I thought, okay, well, I like, that's okay. I can do that. I could have probably handled more than that too, mm-hmm. which felt good because originally, I mean, doing one was very time consuming. Well, yeah, because uh, there's so much to the first one. It's just, yeah. there's so much to learn, right? Yeah. And then also I have things set up in the background now that are super helpful. So like my discovery call, I have notes on it. Mm-hmm. And then I have lender notes that I do up. If I ever have downtime and I'm kind of like have stuff on the books, I can structure my lender notes prior to actually submitting. Right. That's a good idea. So you basically have your discovery call notes and do you use a template or how are you doing that? Yeah, I do use a template. Yeah. yeah. I found that for, it's always helpful for me too, to have some sort of a guide to follow which questions I want to ask. And then I see anything on the submission notes, yeah. you got to make those standards that it makes it simple for you and for the yeah. underwriter. Was there any point where you weren't sure if it was going to be for you? Like, what have I got myself into? Did you have any of those like moments of like, no. like, oh, no, no. No, I mean, obviously, like, it was really hard in the beginning. You can't sugarcoat it. It was tough. Yeah, we tell people all the time. It's going to be hard. The first 10 is the hardest, for sure. Yeah, but then you get over that hump. And, like, I remember writing. I have journals and journals writing down, like, I'm a successful mortgage broker. Right. And then one day I was like, oh, my gosh, this is true. I am. Like, I have all these books everywhere. Yeah. I remember everything like I'm successful. I fund 100 million each year. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. (laughs) But I will be. Yeah, but that's how you get there, right? They always say belief comes before ability. So if you can't believe it, you're never going to be able to do it. Yeah. So like you've got to have put the belief in yeah. and then the ability comes later. There's action in the middle there. Okay, I'm not assuming that, hey, I believe I'm going to be six feet tall. I'm yeah. not like, well, no, it doesn't work like that. But like if there's something I want, like to have a successful mortgage yeah. business, if you don't believe it, no one else is going to believe it for you. But yeah, I do remember that day where I was like, oh my gosh, this is true. Yeah, <laughs> I am. That's amazing. And I was like, huh. Yeah, it was. It was kind of funny. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah. I have an amazing team. Well, I do have a team now, sort of. So I have an assistant that I work with. She's been really beneficial to my business. Finding the right fit was huge, but she is wonderful. So. And so what does your assistant do for you? What tasks or things? And is it part-time? Is it like piecework? How do you structure that? It's just on a file basis. And so Mm -hmm. when I'm ready to submit something, I bring her on. And then she basically takes it from submission all the way until the end. Right. So you can go out and find another file or yeah. do whatever you need to do. Yeah. How have you felt about that? Sometimes people have that idea, but they feel like they can't trust the other person. Has that been a problem for you? Yeah. Well, I went through one. I do have a new one now and it's worked out better. I mean, I trust her. She's wonderful. So. Right. Yeah. It's amazing actually how yeah. like getting the right people makes all the difference. Like I always say you can have the perfect process, but the wrong people, they won't follow it or they'll break it. Yeah. And you can have an okay process or mediocre. And if you have great people, they'll just improve it. Yeah. Like, well, I think too, having it set up. So I did a Trello board and I did each step so that it was a video with this, everything had a video so that there is no mm-hmm. confusion when it comes to how I run my business. And she's just been following along. So and you build a Trello board for how you manage your file from end to end. So like yeah. discovery call strategy set, whatever. Yeah. No, I should do that side. Cause I take that side on myself, but as soon as I wanted. Basically where you want her to take it over, you recorded videos of each step yes. do this do that yeah that's really good yeah. i'm in the process of training somebody to help me with some 
like social media stuff that I'm just figuring out. That's an area that I've not put enough energy into and mm -hmm. recording videos on the things that I'm doing and then handing the videos makes it much quicker than me trying to explain it because then they have it there and they can go back to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really good. You know, one of the unique things that we do at Bricks is anybody can get to 100% commission split. So you're like right on the cusp of that. So tell me about that. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, it is pretty awesome. It's one of my goals. So for me to be able to do that, and you know, in Alberta, mortgages are not that large. Are smaller. Yeah. If you're in Ontario, it's way easier to do than in well, Alberta. Sure. I don't know. I think just... It feels good. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's pretty awesome. I'm super pumped for you that you've done this already. And now you're on 100% commission split until your anniversary date comes up, which is super cool. Hmm. So if you were like starting over today, what advice would you give to somebody who's like, you know, thinking about getting into the mortgage business? I'm curious about that. Oh, well, I think you literally have to make the decision and find out your why. Because if you don't have that, you won't make it. Right. Do you um, mind sharing what your why was? Why oh, did this matter to you that you make it successful? Well, it was my daughter and my husband. So my family. And whenever I didn't want to do the things that I needed to do or knew I needed to do, that's when I had the picture of them on my desk, which I should probably be. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it was getting out of my comfort zone and knowing why I was doing it. If you're new in mortgages, well, you're going to be uncomfortable a lot. And so if you're not willing to do that, yeah. so what's something that you found was uncomfortable for you that you would use this idea of why the picture of your family? Give me an example of something. Well, it's literally calling realtors and asking them to trust me with their business and having like this feeling, you know, that I'm not good enough or that imposter syndrome. I think that would be one of the reasons mortgage brokers fail. So I'm forever grateful for the brokerage because we had that support on the back end. Right. And I don't think that's there for most people. Yeah, I agree. Reaching out to somebody, trying to get a meeting, trying to get a presentation, whatever that looks like. So then what helped you manage the imposter syndrome? Because everybody feels that from time to time. I think that's a human condition. What do you do or what's the story you tell yourself or how do you reset when you feel that way? Like my journaling. So every morning before I did anything, I had my cup of coffee and I wrote down my top three things. Yeah. And then writing them in present tense was super important. So I wasn't saying I'm going to be a good mortgage broker. It was writing down, I am a successful mortgage broker. I fund 10 deals a month. Right. And it was literally every single day doing that. And then I told you, like, one day I was like, oh, this is true. I am. Yeah. Now it's finally true. Yeah, right. Well, the thing is, your subconscious doesn't know the difference between, this is why we can watch a movie, just the power of the imagination. We know the movie's not real, but if you're like me, I've had movies where I've been like, I get scared, you jump. I get movies where I cry, you know, not very yeah. often, but like once in a while, I'll be like, oh my gosh, this is... And it's like, it's a movie. If you were standing there, you'd see them with all these yeah. 20 people standing around cameras and lights. And yet we know this is not real, but our imagination is very powerful and our emotion. Yes. And so you need to tap into that, which is what you were doing by using present tense language, yep. by mapping this out. And eventually it's like, it just becomes like second nature, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was huge. Mm -hmm. That was huge for me getting over the imposter syndrome. And then also just I don't want to toot my own horn, but like I caught on pretty quickly to how to structure the files on the back end. Right. So then having confidence, knowing that I was going to do the right thing for my clients and that they actually were in capable hands. That was huge too. Right. And the thing is, I always love like if your intention is always to take care of your clients, it makes it really easy to know how to like if your intention is I need to get paid, I need to like mm -hmm. make money on this. They're going to feel it. Versus if your intention is I'm here to serve, I'm here to help this person, they're going to feel that too. And you'll actually make more money with that second mindset. I think you make less money with the other mindset. But I think if you, for me anyways, like because the financial part was there, like we yeah. still had all of the bills that we had 
been supporting through oil and gas. So we had a high overhead. Mm -hmm. And so the pressure of knowing that financial stress like was there, but it wasn't on my client's side. It was right. the actions behind getting the clients. And then when I got the clients, it was like, I'm okay. Right. And so it was never about like, for me, the end goal was getting the client. It wasn't closing the deal. Right. And I think that was huge. I see. So it was about getting the client and then coming up with a solution. So did you have any clients that you if you can think back that you said no to that you're like, I'm not a good fit Does that happened or I'm, I'm doing that more now. Yeah, that's something that I'm trying to say no when it's not a good fit. Although I do love figuring things out. So okay, can you give me without using names and like, you know, sin numbers? Can you give me an mm -hmm. example of a file that you probably were like now I would probably would have said no on this one, or I would have done something different just so again, it can be a learning for other people listening. Oh, yeah. So I have one right now that actually is going to close keeping it secret in a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they came to me last year and it was a rush deal. It was a last ditch effort to get this approved. So I took them to a private lender, got them approved with a private, mm -hmm. knowing that in a year we were going to make some changes and hopefully get them into a B lender. Well, I just got them into an A lender and I was like blown away <laughs> because mm -hmm. the way that we structured it. Yeah. Yeah. And then just leveraging my relationships now, like I got them in with an accountant right away who was able to file their taxes, which they lied to me about right. that weren't filed for a very long time. But that was something I didn't think I was going to be able to get done. And I'm really proud that it's now closing and like their interest rate is half of what they were paying. Right. They're going to be thrilled. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing is you're taking care of the whole person. You're not just like, Hey, there's, you know, I think that's great. What are your favorite, like three or four tools that you use? You mentioned Trello mm -hmm. that you like, what else do you find that you couldn't run your business without? Uh, so, well, blue mortgage, I mean, has always been something I used and it's part of my process, email templates and things that go out that way. That new one that I'm trying is property Fox. And that one mm -hmm. I'm hoping is going to work the way that I want it to. Finmo is always huge. I was using BombBomb. I've switched to Loom now. Yeah. So what do you use Loom for? Signing packages. Yeah. But I think they were purchased for $900 million. Crazy. Or anyways, or yeah. there was a $900 million valuation put on them, which is like, it's a little software that's like 20 bucks a month. And yeah. or it's not that expensive, but yeah. it, obviously they've got a lot of customers. I think something, if I can say that's not really an application, but that's really helped my business is leveraging the relationships that I have now. So I have a relationship with a lawyer that I absolutely, like it's worth its weight in gold. And then I have just different people that I've met that have helped my business and I know that I can hand them off and like it's a trusted source. And so that's really been great. So you got the lawyer, you've got an accountant. What other things have you found? Like if somebody's building their business, do you say these are kind of the key relationships that they should look to cultivate? Oh, for sure. Like I absolutely love my appraiser. I can call her, I can tell her, hey, I need this done tomorrow. She will be like, oh, sure, Sarah, that's fine. The accountant has been somebody that's been wonderful in cases where, you know, people haven't filed their taxes or they need something done quickly that way. Mm -hmm. And then the lawyer goes alongside every single one of my deals and just kind of backs up my process. Right. Where did you find these people? Like, how did you find them? <laughs> my journey, I don't know if you know this, I'm actually part of BNI after five times trying and getting denied. Okay, actually, I think BNI is a great organization to be a part of, especially yeah. like if you're, so what do you mean? How come you took five tries? I mean, you applied for five different- Yeah, I applied five different times and didn't get the seat. Right. 
And then, so, okay, what happened on the fifth time? On the fifth time, I didn't try. And then they gave it to me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Was it the same BNI or different ones? No. So there was four different chapters. I applied to one. They said no. The second one, I lost hope by one. The third one was kind of weird. I guess I raised too many questions. And then I reapplied for the first one, didn't get it again. And then the fifth time was the charm. Right. And so how much of your business would you say has got a some link to your BNI group? It hasn't generated any business for me yet, but it has those referral partners. So right. I think it was the third one I tried my appraiser friend. Right. Her and I have been solid. Since then. Yeah. The lawyer that I use, she's also a younger female, yeah. which to me is wonderful. Yeah. And she comes from there as well. So. Right. How long have you had BNI? I've been in BNI two months now, I think. Okay. So it's still pretty new. Yeah. I think it's a great organization. The challenge is, is that because there's only one seat per industry, it's like finding one that you can actually get in. Yes. Yeah. So it's not easy and they're usually full. And so if you're listening and you get an opportunity, definitely take it up. Like it can be worth it. Oh, it is worth it. Even if it's just the presenting yourself each week, because you have 60 seconds to kind of present something. It makes you good at that, right? Yeah. Even that alone is like yeah. a skill that you need to develop. So. Well, and leveraging that on social media too. A lot of the stuff that I bring to my chapter, I can repurpose for social media posts. Right. I love it. Okay. So any mm -hmm. last kind of advice that you have for people listening that they're like, Hey, you know, I either new in the mortgage business or thinking about getting into it. What would you say to them? Honestly, I'm so, I guess maybe jaded. I say join bricks. Like, I don't know that there's another place that you're going to get the support that we have or the training or the collaboration or the tools. Like to me, it changed my life. So yeah, you know, again, I think the team is amazing. And I think that we're always trying to make it better. I don't think we're perfect in any stretch. There's room for improvement, but I do feel like the team is pretty awesome. And where do people find you online? If somebody wants to reach out and ask you questions, where's the best way to find you? Emerald Mortgages is my handle. So emeraldmortgages.ca or emeraldmortgages on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks, Sarah. Great chat with you. And congrats on your success. Congrats on going to 100% commission within the next week, probably, or whatever yeah. that mortgage funds. So um, good chat with you. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Hey, thanks again for listening. And so I want to share with you a framework I learned from a guy named Dan Sullivan. He's the founder of Strategic Coach. And really like this. When I first saw it, I was like, this makes a lot of sense to me. And so if you're like, hey, sometimes I've, maybe you don't currently suffer from imposter syndrome, but it's something that I know I have in the past and be like, man, can I really do this? You know? And so this is the way it works. There's four steps to this. And it's called the four C's and you can look it up like for letter C. And the first thing you need to do is you need to make a commitment. And so if you don't make a commitment, nothing's going to change. So if you're not committed to an outcome, and so it means be clear in the outcome, you got to make the commitment to the new thing. So if it's being a mortgage broker, you're going to commit to being, Sarah said, I'm a successful mortgage broker, right? That was the commitment. Then the next C is courage. Now you got to go through the period of courage of you're not actually there yet, but you have to still start to act and behave and move towards it, even though you know that you're not quite there yet. And the longer you delay the courage phase, you can stay in there forever and be stuck really, because you're not really exercising courage. And so you're going to need to go through courage. But when you exercise the courage, like Sarah talked about, terms of like, you know, making the calls and getting in front of people and doing the stuff you need to do, then eventually the next C that comes along after that is capability. So you have to make your commitment. I'm going to be a successful mortgage broker. You go through the period of courage, which is, oh, this is going to suck. I'm not very good at it yet. Then you start to develop capability. 
And that capability comes because you are actually doing the actions. You're not just sitting there wishing and hoping that you're going to get better at something without actually doing the difficult things. As you develop that capability, the fourth C that happens is confidence. And so when you develop capability, you'll have confidence. So something that you know how to do well. So people listening, you probably know how to drive a car. If I said to you, hey, can you take this car and drive it across town and back it into this parking stall? You're like, no problem. Can you parallel park this car? Yeah, probably most of you listening can parallel park, hopefully. And if you can't, most of the cars nowadays are so smart, they can almost do it for you. But when you first started, though, if you remember, if you got kids, I got kids that are teenagers and watching them drive is like, you know, initially they're nervous and then they go through the courage phase and capability. Then, you know, maybe sometimes, especially my boy is a little bit overconfidence, but then what'll happen is, is, you know, maybe he'll get in a little fender bender and then all of a sudden he'll have to readjust. But in any case, you'll have confidence for something that you know how to do. There's no way, other way through this. It's not like you can't fake your way through imposter syndrome. When you know it's fake, it's going to come off in your language. It's going to come off in everything that's just going to be a part of your vibe. People pick it up. So the four steps of this, look it up. It's a fantastic framework for thinking about these things. I absolutely love it. It's called commitment is the first step. I got to be committed to a goal. Then it's like, oh, I got to do the tough stuff. I got to go through the courage of the things that I don't want to do or don't know how to do yet. The next is capability. So then finally on that, you start to develop the capabilities because you've been practicing it. And then as the capabilities get better, one day you'll wake up like Sarah did and said, I'm a successful mortgage broker. Oh my gosh. She didn't start there. So hopefully you find that helpful. And just as a side note, maybe I'll do a show on this in the future. But so I signed up recently for improv classes and I've never done anything like this. Like I've done a little bit of like training at Toastmasters and stuff, but this feels so far outside of my comfort zone that I want to learn and I want to get better. And I'm like, my hope is that it'll make me better at communicating and put me in an awkward you know, positions where I have to learn how to get out of them. And I think like most things, there's probably tricks to it that you can learn to make them not quite so difficult. I don't know those tricks currently. I not a clue. So it's going to be extremely awkward, but I've made the commitment. So I signed up to a class and so I'm going to be going to it weekly. Now I have to go to the courage to show up and then I got to do whatever they tell me, which I have no idea what this is probably going to be super awkward. But my expectation or hope is that the capability will be developed through that and then eventually confidence. So anyway, hopefully that's helpful for you. Thanks again for listening to this episode and I will see you on the next show. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.